For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Setlist, the music business podcast from CMU. This week, Lil Nas X's safety shoes recalled back to hell. Welcome to Setlist, the music business podcast from CMU. I'm Andy Malt. With me is Chris Cook. Hello, Chris. Hello there. <laughs> Given you seem to have been introducing dramatic pauses into this edition of Setlist so far, so I thought I would uh, respond in kind. Well, I was thinking we should probably, you know, we've been doing this intro the same for ages, we should change it. So pauses is the way to go. I think that's the next trend in podcasting. So anyway, as ever, <laughs> we are... <laughs> Don't do this all the way through, please. We are, oh yeah, we probably haven't got time, have we? We're on a deadline. All right. No, All right, I'll do it normal this week. I'll do it normal this week. <laughs> no dramatic pauses in every single <laughs> sentence of the podcast. As ever, we're going to be taking a look back at some of the biggest and most interesting music industry news stories of the last week. A week when 2006 Eurovision winners Lordi announced that they've been busy recording new music in lockdown. So busy, in fact, that they will be releasing seven new albums this year. All in one go. Yes, all on the same day. So if you're someone like Taylor Swift, I mean, obviously, you have to assume... Taylor Swift was of the opinion that she'd had a pretty productive lockdown because she got two albums out, didn't she, last year? Yeah, yeah. And then she's been doing all those re-records and sort of drip feeding. Well, weirdly, she seems to be mainly drip feeding re-records of records she never released. Yes, although now that whole first re-recorded album is out with those bonus tracks on. But yeah, that is the weirder part of her re-record project is that she's re-recording songs that she didn't release. But she did record, so it is a re-record. But my point is, poor old Taylor Swift thought that maybe she could take the title for the most productive artist during lockdown with her two new albums and her re-record project. And then Lordy rock up with seven albums already. Well, they've done five, I think, haven't they? And they're going to have seven to go by the autumn. They're in the middle of the recording the six. I mean, Sufjan Stevens almost took it. The same edition of The Daily that this story went out, he announced five albums coming out in the next few months. And that's one album split into five editions. Is that what he's how he's positioning that? I think so. Something like that. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's a five-part single album, I think. But uh, it's in five parts, so we call it five albums. But maybe, well, maybe if it's one album, then that's just lazy, isn't it? <laughs> well, that would be, what, two <laughs> tracks per edition. Though we got the impression it's definitely an album's worth of content per edition. So therefore five albums. But hey, Sufjan Stevens... That's still not seven. No, it's not. And in fact, Lordy wanted to record 10 and their label stopped them. And we should explain for any of you tuning in who are not avid Lordy fans who will already know about this, I am sure. But it's not that they simply got carried away when they went into the studio during lockdown and with no touring on the horizon. They just kept recording and recording, and recording. And it turned out they had seven albums. It's kind of, well, they had a concept on their last album and they've kind of taken that concept to an extreme for this next project. Yes. So Lordy, who, as I said, they won the 2006 Eurovision Song Contest, although they're not a typical Eurovision 
performer in that they are a hard rock and heavy metal band who perform in costumes, not unlike Guar. A little bit noisier than the average Eurovision winner, I think it's fair to say. Yes, but they won for Finland in 2006. They've actually been around since the early 90s. But as you said, there was a concept for their last album, the album they brought out in 2020, which was called Collection, which imagined that they'd actually formed in the early 70s. And it was a compilation of their work from those first two decades before they actually in reality formed. So they did things in in different styles. So you kind of, to pretend there's the sort of the early material and then a development and then kind of finding their sound, much like you'd get on a real compilation, but this one's entirely invented. Yeah, so it was a greatest hits album full of hits that not only were never hits, had never even been released back in the day. A bit like Taylor Swift. A bit like Taylor Swift. Except she had recorded them. This is all getting very complicated. Anyway, let's make it more complicated. This now comes the concept upon the concept. So they were going to go out and tour this fake compilation last year, but they couldn't because of that whole COVID thing that's been happening. And so instead they thought, well, maybe we'll just go back to the studio and record another album. And then they were like, but recording just another album isn't a very fun thing to do. We, like, we, we do that normally anyway. So instead, they were like, well, why don't we record the albums that we were pretending existed when we made this pretend compilation? So they went to their label, apparently they went to the label and said, yeah, we've got this idea. We're going to record 10 albums so that we record the albums that go around the songs that were on this pretend compilation. And the label went, you can't record 10 albums. That's ridiculous. And they said, oh, well, how about seven? They went, you're fine. That's, that's absolutely fine. <laughs> that was the weird bit of the uh, the quote from Mr. Lordy, the front man of the group. And he was saying how the label were like, yeah, 10 albums. That's a, that's, that's a crazy idea. You don't want to do that. But then they were fine with seven. And it's like, I don't really. <laughs> once you've got to seven, you might as well do 10. I mean, seven seems a little bit out of the ordinary. But yeah, so basically the fake back catalogue that they were pulling from for this fake compilation, they are now creating. So it will no longer be a fake back catalogue. It will be a back catalogue, except it will be a catalogue because it won't be a back catalogue. Well, anyway, that's what Lordy are doing. (laughs) But, but, and we cannot stress this enough, as fun as that story is, that is not what we're here to talk about this week. No, later on, we will be discussing South Korean music company Hybe, that being the company formerly known as Big Hit Entertainment's acquisition of Scooter Braun's Ithaca Holdings. But first, Nike has settled legal action over bespoke Satan shoes made to promote Lil Nas X's latest single, Montero, Call Me By Your Name. Made by Art Collective Mischief and limited to 666 pairs, the modified Nike Air Max 97s each had their air soles injected with red ink and, they claim, a single drop of human blood. And they they hung a pentagram off the laces and stuff to make it look extra satany. And Nike was not best pleased with this, saying that the shoes, which it did not authorise, were causing significant confusion and dilution of its brand in the marketplace. 
Yeah, so this was quite a fun story involving Little Nas X and this company, which it's really I'm kind of embarrassed. You introduced it. This company is called Mischief. That's only just, it's, I've proofed several stories about this in the See Me Daily. And it never occurred to me because they've removed the vowels because they are a fashionable art collective. And when I've been proofreading it, I've been saying every time MSCHF, which really slowed down my proofreading of these stories because <laughs> it didn't occur to me that that was mischief with the vowels taken out. But anyway, Do you know, when I was when I was writing this, I thought, I wonder if Chris knows it's mischief. And then I thought, no, of course he's realised that. I've been saying MSCHF. I thought it was a stupid Maybe that name. might be how they say it. I mean, we just said HYBE, and that's spelled H-Y-B-E, all caps. So I thought that was H-Y-B-E, but apparently it's HYBE. So mischief could be MSCHF. We don't know. Anyway. I'm not sure it matters. This mischief lot, there are a quirky art collective. Who, they're a mischievous art collective. <laughs> who basically create stuff. And I mean... That's the I mean, best. It really is just. I mean, that's as much as you can say. It's every entirely every, random. Every few months, they think of it, they make it. Basically, every few months they have a, a project, and sometimes it's a digital project, and sometimes it's a piece of merchandise. And they're quirky, and they quite often go viral on social networks. I mean, if you want to be a little bit cynical, you could say they're very much designed to go viral on social networks. But this particular project was a collaboration with Lil Nas X, who's got a new record to promote, as you say. And so, yes, they were basically Nike trainers or sneakers, if you prefer, messed around with to become these things called Satan shoes. And the reason why these were relevant to the new Lil Nas X track is that the video for the track basically has him lap dancing for Satan in it. Yeah. So uh, clearly he and his team were trying to get a little bit of controversy going to help promote this record. And how better to do that? (laughs) It definitely worked than having Satan getting a lap dance in the video. And just in case that didn't piss off enough people, (laughs) let's get some nike trainers and get this art collective mischief to uh tinker with them and to turn them into satan shoes which as you say basically involved well i think they maybe put some lettering on the side they have the little thing you mentioned tied to the shoelace i suppose the main thing was the red dye that they put in where the air sole should be and apparently a little drop of human blood so that was what they did Lil Nas X announced these trainers as he put his video live, as the track went live, and it all started to get attention in the media. People were talking about it on social networks. And crucially, and presumably this was part of the plan, quite a few people were offended by the Satanism involved in this project. And not only did they start shouting at Lil Nas X about his lap dance for Satan and his Satan shoes, Quite a lot of people assumed that Nike was somehow involved in all of this and they got a bit pissed off with Nike too. Yeah, so that was the big issue for Nike that prompted it to launch this lawsuit. And that was that, yeah, a lot of people, particularly Christians, got very angry about these shoes. I mean, I, I find it hard to believe people can get angry about shoes, but apparently they did. And so much so that some people were calling for a boycott of Nike. And clearly enough people were calling for a boycott that Nike felt that it had to respond in some way. And what better way than a lawsuit? So it filed that legal action a few days after the shoes went on sale. 
Unfortunately, the shoes had already sold out by that point, despite costing over $1,000 each. But Nike's focus in its lawsuit was very much on the fact that it was not involved in this project and it was causing confusion and damage to its brand. It also just, I mean, I guess as a just-in-case, it put in a few safety concerns saying that it was dangerous to modify the air sole and because they weren't official, it couldn't vouch for their safety and it was a bit worried about that. But the main thing was saying, look, we're not Satanists, we've got nothing to do with this. Yeah, so it is possible that one of the reasons for filing this lawsuit was just so that it went officially on the record that Nike were in no way involved in this. This art collective had just bought 666 pairs of Nike trainers and then messed with them and sold them. Although, yes, the the, the injunction they were looking for, well, the trainers had already been sold. They were initially hoping that they could stop the trainers from being mailed out to the people who had bought them. But it turned out that this company's very efficient and not only had they already sold all the shoes, they'd already mailed them out. So they were already on the feet of, well, 665 people because there was one pair which were not sold that Lil Nas X was going to give away on his Twitter account. They did manage to stop the Twitter giveaway. The lawsuit <laughs> was filed in time that they couldn't do the giveaway. So there is now still one pair of these Satan shoes at Mischief's headquarters that didn't get given away, but they couldn't stop the shoes from being sold or shipped because that had already happened by the time the lawsuit was filed. Now, Mischief did make a public statement about this lawsuit, in part pointing out that these Satan shoes were based on an earlier project that done in 2019 called Jesus Shoes, which is basically the same thing, but, you know, more Jesus-y. And the souls were injected with holy water rather than blood. And they pointed out that Nike had made no objection then. I mean, they hadn't been partnering with a pop star and going for maximum viral impact on that occasion, but they did try to work that into their argument. So in a statement, they said, as a manifested speculative artwork, Jesus Shoes conflates celebrity collab culture and brand worship with religious worship into a limited edition line of art objects. Last week's release of the Satan Shoes, in collaboration with Lil Nas X, was no different. Satan Shoes started a conversation, while also living natively in its space. It is art created for people to observe, speculate on, purchase and own. Heresy only exists in relation to doctrine. Who is Nike to censor one but not the other? Satan is as much part of the art historical canon as Jesus, from Renaissance Hellmouth to Milton. Satan exists as the challenger to the ultimate authority. We were delighted to work with Lil Nas X on Satan Shoes and continue this dialogue. So, I mean, that that was a very waffly statement. Make of it what you will. I mean, John Milton never did slap a Nike logo on the cover of Paradise Lost. So there's that. But whatever defence Mischief put forward publicly, there was still a lawsuit to deal with. And despite all that tough talking in that statement, they did back down last week and concede defeat to Nike at least on paper. Yeah, so a judge considered the lawsuit Nike had filed and it looked like Nike was going to get their injunction that there were some trademark issues or whatever issues going on here. We were confusing customers about Nike's involvement or not in these shoes. So it did look like Nike was going to get their injunction, even though by this point, there were no shoes to stop being sold or shipped because they'd already been sold and shipped, apart from the one pair that was going to be given away. But a few days after seemed pretty certain the injunction was going to be issued. We got another statement from both sides saying, yeah, they had agreed a settlement. And well, as part of this settlement, 
mischief are going to get in touch with everybody who bought a pair of Jesus shoes or Satan shoes or both and offer to buy them back for the price that they paid. The hope being that lots of people take up that offer and mischief can get all the shoes back and there will no longer be these messed around with Nike shoes out there in circulation pissing off Nike and Nike's Christian customers. Although you have to think, if you're the sort of person that shells out more than a thousand dollars for a pair of trainers that have been messed around with, presumably you're kind of buying into the arty limited edition thing. And the fact that there's been all of this hoo-ha and the fact that there's been this legal settlement, I mean, surely that's going to make you want to keep these shoes even more because, well, A, if you buy into the quirky, we're being satirical, we're taking a tack at celebrity culture, brand partnerships, blah, blah, blah. Well, it just kind of justifies that all the more. Or if you actually bought them because you think you might be able to sell them on at some point and make a tidy profit, well, one has to assume these shoes have become more valuable because of all of this. So our prediction is Mischief will email everybody and offer to buy the shoes back, but we suspect that not very many people will take them up on that offer. No, Nike tried to spin it as a win by saying, well, there's all these people who do buy limited edition trainers that we put out ourselves officially as collector's items. And they may have been disappointed to discover that they weren't actually official Nike products and therefore would want to send them back and get their money back. But I mean, surely those people are in a minority if they exist at all. I would imagine that not a lot of these shoes come. I mean, the Jesus shoes as well. This covers both the Jesus shoes and the Satan shoes. I mean, three years later, who's sending back their Jesus shoes? Unless, I don't know, if you've got, maybe you've worn them, maybe you've been wearing them and you've worn them out and you're like, well, I'll give me money back for these worn out shoes. So maybe there's that. Maybe you could get all the fun of wearing shoes with holy water in them and not have to pay for them. But yeah, that was the interesting thing, wasn't it? Is the sorts of people who pay a grand for a pair of limited edition trainers. Now, I don't personally know any of those people, (laughs) I'm pleased to say, so I can't ask them. But surely what's attractive is the fact it's limited edition. Whether or not Nike have officially sanctioned it, I, I don't think that that's what people are buying into, is it? When they spend a grand on a pair of limited edition shoes, it's the limited nature of the shoes that's attractive rather than Nike stamping their approval on it. I don't know. I guess we probably will never find out how many of these shoes get returned. I still suspect it will be very few. Either way, both sides said that they were pleased with the settlement. And I mean, I suspect mostly they're pleased with the press coverage that this lawsuit has got them. I mean, Mischief's lawyer explicitly said that in a statement after the settlement was announced, because obviously for Nike, what they really wanted people to know was that they were not involved with these shoes and you should not boycott them. And for Mischief, I mean, they exist to make things go viral and get more attention for them. And they very much succeeded with this. And if they have to refund two or three trainer purchases... So be it. From a legal perspective, had it got to court, which it almost certainly was never going to, it was one of those cases, well, obviously a running theme on this podcast is most interesting cases, you know they're never going to get to court. But I think this one in particular, as soon as it came in, it's like, yeah, this is going to be settled really quickly. And it was, I mean, within days, this was all settled. But had it got to court, I mean, it would have been an interesting case because I think what Mischief were saying in Elsewhere in that initial announcement that we referenced before the settlement was 
We are artists. These shoes are part of our artistic expression. There's a free speech element to all of this. Nike, even though, yes, they were originally Nike products. And yes, Nike has a trademark. And yes, maybe some people are confused. But freedom of expression, artistic expression... It's not that we've actually created the shoes and ripped off their design. We bought the shoes and we just added to them. So legally, it would have been quite an interesting case had it got to court. And I suspect that the mischief guys would have been quite mischievous (laughs) in fighting the litigation. But alas, that isn't going to happen. You said how with this settlement, although in a way, other than this one pair that was going to be given away, not being given away, Nothing really changes as well as this settlement, but both sides are very happy because they both get their message out into the press. Nike, we're not Satanists. <laughs> Mischief, hey, look at this, we're Satanists, or whatever it was that Mischief <laughs> were trying to say. And of course, the other person who is very happy about all of this, from a marketing point of view, is Little Nas X. Yes, he's done very well out of it, despite not actually being named as a defendant on this lawsuit at all. But he's been milking it for all it's worth on social media and sort of suggesting to his followers that he is the target of this lawsuit and it's him who's having to pay for it, which who knows, maybe maybe he is financially bound in some way, but he was not officially a target of the lawsuit. But the controversies surrounding those shoes and his video have really helped bring attention to his new single, which went straight to number one in the US. So all's well that ends well. Hail Satan. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. And finally this week, a billion dollar merger deal. Who doesn't love a billion dollar merger deal. I'll tell you who does love a billion dollar merger deal. BTS, Justin Bieber, Jay Balvin, Demi Lovato and Seventeen. They all love billion dollar merger deals or one specific billion dollar merger deal. That between South Korea's HYBE, the company formerly known as Big Hit Entertainment and the US-based Ithaca. And one of the reasons they love that deal so much is that they're all managed by one or other of those companies and therefore they kind of have to say they like it. Yeah, so this was the big music industry merger of the moment. Big Hit Entertainment, now known as Hive, they rebranded very recently, best known on a global basis as the home of BTS. And do you remember when there was that whole moment when it looked like one of BTS might have to go and do their military service in South Korea? I believe we discussed it on this very show. I'm not quite sure what happened to that story. Did did he get his... uh, permission not to have to go and be a, a soldier for a couple I of years. I think they changed the rules and they were allowed to delay it a bit until after they were not quite so famous. But you might remember when we talked about that on set list, how one of the reasons why politicians were being encouraged to change or bend the rules so that BTS didn't have to go and do their military service in South Korea as all men in that country have to do before they reach the age of 28 The reason being given why the rules should be 
played around with was the big hit entertainment as it was then known and bts in particular were so successful and making so much money that actually if bts had to go on hold it would have a tangible impact on the entire south korean economy so that's how big a deal this company hybe has become within south korea but yeah very interesting to see it basically buy although it's a merger actually it is hybe through its US subsidiary, buying Ithaca Holdings, which is the music group headed up by the artist manager, Scooter Braun. And it includes various businesses that he's bought up over the years, his own management company at the core, but then various other little businesses as well. And of course, famously, the other music business within the Ithaca group, now part of the Hybe group, is the big machine record label because <laughs> those Taylor Swift re-records we were talking about at the start of the podcast all came about because Scooter Braun's Ithaca bought Big Machine and Taylor was not happy about that. Yeah, I wonder if Taylor Swift, if she realised that ultimately she could have ended up being label mates with BTS, would have had different feelings about her back catalogue being bought up by Scooter Braun, which obviously, yeah, she was very unhappy about but, uh, well, we'll never know because when obviously she wouldn't have been label mates because she'd already left the company and gone to Universal. But also since then, Big Machine has sold off her master rights catalogue. So it no longer owns them anyway. Well, it didn't sell them off to her, which was another thing she was annoyed about. We're not here to talk about Taylor Swift. Although we've already talked about her too much. There's one thing to add here, which then will bring us neatly back into the thing we are actually meant to be talking about right now, which is obviously her issue was with Scooter Braun himself. And although Hybe has now bought the entire Ithaca Holdings company, including Scooter Braun's management company and the Big Machine label group, minus the Taylor Swift catalogue, as part of this deal, Scooter himself becomes a board member of Hybe. So I guess despite being able to brag about having a connection to BTS, she would still have issues because it was personal issues with Scooter himself. But yeah, although... His company has been bought up by this big pop machine in South Korea. He will still be very much involved in running the business as a board member of the wider Hybe company. Now, Scooter Braun's connections to this, the K-pop industry do go back a little way. It's not a brand new thing. He was obviously involved in the massive success of Psy back whenever the hell that was. Back when K-pop, as far as people in the West were concerned, was just one novelty single that was a bit confusing, rather than this massive global pop machine that can suddenly buy up entire US music companies that it is now. So he's not new to South Korea and South Korean pop music. Maybe that's the link that helped to get him this deal. Confirming the deal, Hybe boss Bang Si-hyuk said that the joining of Hybe and Ithaca Holdings marks the start of a new adventure no one could possibly have imagined. The two companies will work closely together, leveraging our proven track records of success, know-how and expertise to create synergy, transcend borders and break down cultural barriers. Please look forward to the endless possibilities of Hybe and Ithaca Holdings and the new paradigm the partnership will establish in the music industry. Yeah, those were words. Yeah. Followed some of that. <laughs> Commenting from the Ithaca side on all of this, Scooter Braun said, Global opportunities for artists become exponential with this partnership. This is an opportunity for us to make history and further <laughs> innovate the music industry. Don't quite know what that means. There might be a word missing there. This was from the press release. So maybe they, they lost a word. Can you innovate the music industry? You can innovate in the music industry. I think that's the sort of thing that Scooter Braun would say and and mean 
and, and imagine he knows what it means. He's, anyway, you haven't finished that sentence. It gets worse. It g- <laughs> <laughs> so he said, this is an opportunity for us to make history and further innovate the music industry and revolutionise the game itself. Yeah. Its implications for the business will be momentous for a long time to come. I'm incredibly grateful for Chairman Bang. That's what everyone calls the boss of Hybe. I'm incredibly grateful for Chairman Bang's friendship and his willingness to support the creative journey of an artist, said Scooter Braun in the official statement of this deal. Or some artists. Or some artists. I thought he means just an artist, like the, the royal artist. That was, I mean, yeah, those were also some words... A lot of them, and um, some of them probably in the right order. Billion dollar deal, as you mentioned, that wasn't in the official statement from which we pulled those quotes, but then there was a regulatory filing, uh, South Korea, I think, for HYBE, and they basically said that they were pushing just under a billion dollars into their US subsidiary, which is then buying out Ithaca's shareholders, which makes it more or less a billion dollar deal. So everybody who had shares in Ithaca, which I think includes some of those artists that we mentioned earlier who were bigging up this deal. I think they had shares. I think they get some of this money. So yeah, big new South Korea American pop music machine has been created out of all of this. It'll be interesting to see how much integration there is between the different high businesses and the different Ithaca businesses. Actually, within the Ithaca group, it always felt like, particularly when Scooter Braun bought up a company, like when he bought Big Machine, the company he bought still operated quite autonomously. So it'll be interesting to see whether or not there was any more integration. Now they've become part of something even bigger. We will see. But we mentioned these artists who were happy about the deal. And basically, shortly after the deal had been announced, a video went up on YouTube, which had quite a long statement from Chairman Bang, some statements from Scooter Braun, and also Scott Bocchetta, who runs Big Machine, founder of Big Machine, who will continue to run Big Machine, very clearly reading his statement in this in this video. <laughs> but he was very happy to. Well, maybe Scooter Braun wrote it and he had to read it. <laughs> he probably wouldn't be able to memorise it. And then in addition to that, we had some of the biggest artists from the two companies saying how excited they were about the deal. I only watched the video through once, but if I remember rightly, the uh, Hybe artists, so that's BTS and Seventeen, had a lot more to say than the Ithaca artists who gave quite quick quotes. Justin in particular, I think I'm right in saying that. But anyway, if you want to know what those artists really think about this deal, well, if you want to know what they really think about this deal, you'll have to get to know them and ask them personally, won't you? But if you want to know what they officially think about this deal, <laughs> uh, maybe we'll link to that YouTube video. It was kind of weird, if I'm being honest. So, uh, if- it, I mean, it is weird to have artists from two companies congratulating those companies on a merger that is weird though I mean, that's not a normal thing is it it's not actually i mean presumably it's part of hybe's ambitions to become a more global company because obviously last year they did uh, deal with universal to boost their own live streaming platform and they were very much trying to bring that to a wider global audience so i mean imagine that this is an effort for Hybe to build their business into the US and beyond rather than to get more Justin Bieber in South Korea. But maybe I'm wrong about that. We will see, I guess. But hey, Hybe and Ithaca and BTS and Seventeen and Justin Bieber and J Balvin and Demi Lovato, well done. You are officially 
set lists billion dollar deal of the week <laughs> and we'll send you your certificates to prove that you have got that achievement. If nothing else, if nothing else good comes from this, at least you got that. Yes. I assume that's why they did it. I mean, they could do a video for us now congratulating us on another successful episode of Setlist because that is all we've got time for this week. And uh, we're going to stop now. Subscribe, rate, review, all of that. Email us, setlist at unlimitedmedia.co.uk. Setlist is the music business podcast from CMU. It's presented by Andy Moulton, Chris Cook. And for more on CMU, go to completemusicupdate.com.